The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. There is, there is a Mahayana Sutra discourse that has the story of a man who was going to set forth from his village, a young man, head out into the world, explore the world, find himself in the world. And before he left, when he wasn't paying attention, a friend sewed a really valuable jewel in the lining of his coat. And the person uh, headed out and um, the um, And uh, so tried, uh, so then he headed out and he didn't have good fortune in his adventures in the world and spent many, many years, maybe decades, wandering around, poor, impoverished, became a little bit kind of well, destitute and maybe a little bit troubled. And uh, eventually he kind of wandered back into his home village and he saw his old friend who was still, still there in the village and they exchanged news, news and he talked, the one who traveled talked about how destitute he was and how hard his life had been. And his friend said, but you know, didn't you know that you had a jewel right there in the lining of your coat? Very wealthy jewel. So that's the end of the story. And uh, maybe it's a nice story, but it's supposed to be a me- metaphor analogy, right? and a spiritual one, that we all have this jewel we carry with us. And, but it's, uh, it's hidden in the lining somewhere, whatever lining, linings of our heart. And it's right there for us to tap into and use, uh, except that we never paid attention. And so the idea is that we, we're, we have, there's actually lots of jewels in our hearts, in our minds, that are just there, maybe Maybe we never paid attention to them, so we don't know they're there. Or maybe we, we're so busy doing other things, we don't notice they're there, we don't make space for them. Or it never occurs to us to bring them forth. And one of the aspects of Buddhist practice is to spend a little bit of time uh, making the effort, having the intention, the exploration, to bring forth some of our inner jewels. Meaning some of the beautiful qualities that reside in the human heart, so that they can support us and help us and guide us as we go forward and find our way in this life and find our way, certainly our way in the spiritual life. Buddhism is much more than just letting go. It's much more than just showing up and being present, being mindful. It's also tapping into some of these beautiful qualities that uh, human beings have. And uh, sometimes just recognizing that, that they're there and, and, and that recognition allow them to come forth and be, be present for us. And sometimes to actively um, develop them and cultivate them. But the first is to bring them forth. And so that uh, one of the, what's called one of the great right efforts, one of the forms of right effort in Buddhism, is to bring forth or awaken or arouse our inner jewels, our the, uh, beautiful states of mind and qualities of mind and activities of mind. So um, take a comfortable but alert meditation posture.
And um, put some, and one of the beautiful qualities is alertness, to be alert. And alertness is something that can be, appear in many places within us. One of the places is in the spine. And you might see if you can bring a little bit more alertness in your spine. So your spine feels maybe a little bit more alive or engaged or energized. And then around that spine, keeping the spine upright and energized, take a couple of minutes to relax deeply. Perhaps taking a deep breath or two or a few breaths. And as you exhale, to relax the shoulders. As you relax, as you exhale deeply, to let the shoulder blades and the muscles of your back around the spine soften, open, spread out. Perhaps you can soften your belly. Then letting your breath breathe itself normally, you might continue to soften the muscles of the face, the jaw, maybe the forehead. And then as we're sitting here quietly, I'm going to name a few of these inner qualities that could be considered jewels that perhaps you're not considering at this moment. And as I name them or evoke them for us here, see if you can, in a simple way, evoke them within you. As you get reminded of them, maybe you can remember a time that you felt these qualities or Remember what parts of your body get activated or the felt sense of these qualities. Or perhaps the attitude of these qualities is something you, you can ease, you know, softly or gently bring up and have here. Be present for you now. Perhaps these qualities can support your mindfulness 
of the breath, mindfulness of body, mindfulness of the present moment as we sit here. So the first quality is kindness, kindness. Do you have any sense or any association or experience with kindness that would help you bring a, a sense of kindness here and now? A feeling for it. related to kindness, can you evoke some simple attitude of friendliness, being friendly to yourself, to your experience, the quality of being a friendliness. And then a quality of attitude of generosity. Whatever association, feeling, sense of being generous you can tap into. Can you let that be there as you pay attention to the breath or to have be with yourself as you are? What would it be like to be generous as you sit here being mindful?
Another beautiful quality that supports practice is personal integrity or ethical integrity. And maybe putting aside any concern or ideas of your unethical integrity or lack of integrity as you sit right here. And you bring forth some quality of, or sense or feeling for having integrity or ethical integrity or honesty or truthfulness. Another beautiful quality is patience. To be patient is to give things time. It's to be generous with this pace and speed in which things unfold on their own. And do you have any experience of satisfying patience? Patience which feels satisfying. Another beautiful quality is calm. Be calm in the body. You might notice, even if you feel not calm, if there's any way in which you can remember or evoke or feel in the corners of your body, some sense of calmness or stillness, 
peacefulness. So that as you meditate, you're informed, supported by calmness. Another beautiful quality is is interest or investigation. Certain kind of aliveness, alertness, energy that borders maybe on being playful or, or delighted that can come in the form of being interested in what's happening now in your experience, in your breathing. How do you experience interest when interest is satisfying and delightful? Another beautiful quality is that of concentration, the mind's ability to be composed, centered on its experience. What experience have you had in your life of being concentrated in a way that was satisfying and meaningful? What was a felt sense of that? What did it feel like in your body, in your mind? Can you kind of bring together, bring up some of that quality of concentration here 
for how you center yourself, compose yourself on breathing. Another beautiful quality, and this is the last one, is the quality of peace, peacefulness. Sometimes we think of peace or peacefulness as a state that either happens or doesn't happen. But what would it be like if peacefulness, peace, could be part of an attitude something that you can tap into or arouse or be, not to manufacture, but to open to. What's your memories of being very peaceful? What did it feel like? And can you bring forth the felt sense of being peaceful sitting here?
As I said earlier, um, we can have energy for things, but then there, we can apply that energy in different ways. And the Buddhist tradition has this uh, uh, division of where energy can go into four different places. It kind of encompasses a whole range, and in some ways encompasses, encompasses everything. And um, and it's called the Four Right Efforts. And um, many years ago, uh, Donald Rothberg uh, uh, taught the Four Right Efforts, he said. And someone came up to him and said, oh, those Four Right Efforts in Buddhism, they're exactly what, you, uh, I, I do uh, like a sea kayaking, you know. And, uh, and when you do sea kayaking, you have to, um, you have to, you know, these four efforts is what we do. And so the kayaker said, um, you have to um, stay out of trouble. If you get into trouble, you have to get out of trouble. You have to <clears throat> um, um, learn good sea kayaking skills. And then you have to keep them going, continue using them and developing them. Pretty good, right? So those four right efforts are, in Buddhism, is to uh, avoid getting in trouble. <laughs> Here is it, avoid arousing or evoking qualities of mind, states of mind, attitudes of mind, activities that are not helpful, that are unhelpful, that are unskillful. So avoid, avoid them entirely. If you can't avoid them and they occur, then learn to let go of them, get out of trouble. And then there are certain skills that being a human being is helpful to have in this human life, and so you need to learn those skills. And this is, culti- this is arou- arising, arousing skillful qualities or wholesome qualities of being. And then once, but you can't just arouse them once and kind of rest on your laurels. You have to keep keep doing them. You have to keep uh, you know practicing them, practicing those skills, and keep them going and developing. Just like the kayaker, you know, you have to learn some skill once, and that's it. But you have to, if you want to be a good good kayaker, safe kayaker, you have to keep your skills active and fresh. So then, it's develop, it's arousing good qualities, but then there's developing them. Is if those four things, and those sometimes uh, uh, listed under the, the titles of uh, um, avoiding, abandoning. Um, what's the fourth one? Uh, uh, avoiding, abandoning. Third one is um, arousing. That what's it? It's here. It's um, um, well. Sometimes I guess here we have in the developing, and then sustaining. I don't know if that's quite what it is, but that's what we have on the sheet for you. Um, and. Um, so, um, arousing and developing, sustaining. Maintaining, <laughs> Maintaining developing, sustaining. So, um, so this last meditation was about ar- arousing, evoking uh, some useful states of mind, some with jewels that we have. And my thought was perhaps, some of you, by, by naming these different qualities and asking you to kind of remember or think about them or just have them in 
that perhaps they could somehow come alive for you a little bit, maybe, or a teeny bit. I wasn't expecting dr- dr- drama here, but a uh, little bit, and, and maybe you hadn't been thinking about those until you heard, heard them. And hearing them, perhaps they kind of brought them into the picture a little bit, and hopefully in a way they were supportive for you. So I'm curious to hear from a few of you, um, if, and how, what was it like to have those qualities evoked during the sitting? Is that something that supported you or detracted from you? Or what was that, what were some of the experiences like? <coughs> so if you could wait for the mic, everyone can hear then. For me, I realize, as you said earlier, with relaxation, when I'm evoking kindness, generosity, these qualities, um, in my life, or when I'm, I feel that I have been kind or generous, um, I realize I'm relaxed. <laughs> when that happens, it's um, a relaxation, and um, it's hard to describe. I, I feel uh, balanced. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm in balanced. I'm relaxed. It brings uh, happiness. Beautiful. Um, so I thought that's an expand. Those are expansive Expans- qualities uh-huh. to me. Yeah. Beautiful. And, and were you able to feel those qualities here and now as you sat here, or mostly it was a reflection in the past? Uh, reflection, I guess recalling uh-huh. how, I, how that felt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was a, a nice realization that, yeah, if you are uptight, rushed, it's much harder. And I thought, well, when have I tried to be generous? Let's say I'm doing something for someone, yeah. that's a type of generosity. Uh, and I don't really have time, maybe there is some resentment, but then I realize, as I realize it's a generous thing to do this, it brings in relaxation. So it was interesting to uh, reflect on that in that manner. Great, thank you. Over here on the stage. Um, I found it very helpful, the different words that you used. So um, that it was integrity, truthfulness, honesty. I felt that um, that was very helpful with one state, Uh kind of in one. And also with um, when you're interested and playful. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I get a little like, ooh, I'm very serious. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I really enjoyed bringing different words that had different meanings around that same state. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Sort of what happened for me is there were just different situations in my life where I realized I could make more effort towards a a relationship, a friendship, uh, just some situation in my life. And it wasn't as if I was trying to think of of that in each with each word, but it just sort of floated up for me. Oh, I could make some more effort to employ that quality towards this situation or that situation. Great, thank you. Here in the back, if you can pass it to the back row. So for me, um, it was 
not a very long time that I heard these words and for me I thought of a situation where I thought I felt that and um, it was more just like a little seed that I could feel right now and I would have needed a little bit more time to really indulge these things. Right now I'm also um, learning some skills of hypnosis and I think that's really like going into a trance, just being peaceful. Um, in hypnosis I just think of peacefulness and then I take like 20 minutes to go in that situation and sometimes somebody guides you but sometimes you just sit there and write that situation down and really indulge that situation and um, for me right now it was more like I'd like to have more of that and I think I would go back and take more time to indulge it more. Great, thank you. of your voice and words. Um, the reminders of your voice and words um, just facilitated dropping into the experience of those states of patience. And I, you know, I just um, feel an amusement sometimes about how, how habitually I tighten up and don't allow that, allow those qualities to flow. Great. So, thank you. I'm glad you're amused. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, Best choice. <laughs> thank you. So, um, so, we don't have to leave uh, the state of our minds or the qualities that we bring forth to chance that we just, you know, hopefully wake up on the right side of the bed or, you know, or something happens in the course of the day or, you know, it's just, it's just a mystery how, why I feel peaceful or patient or... But rather these things can be evoked as well and, uh, or called forth or touched into or tapped into. And, um, and they require some intention. It requires th uh, thinking that it's a useful thing, uh, hopefully realizing when it's useful to do so and and uh, when it's not useful to do so, and uh, you know which quality is appropriate for different situations, and and then having uh, you know having some ability then to turn towards it and maybe evoke it, or and maybe it all it means is not so much evoking a feeling state, but just uh, remembering this might be useful right now, and um, and uh, what would it take? Uh, what approach? How would I live right now if the, the approach was one to be friendly in the situation? You're in conflict with someone. And friendliness might be useful here. Okay, what would it take to be friendly at this point? Maybe, I can't really feel very friendly, but the friendly thing would be to give a gift. <clears throat> and so maybe you could, you know, you, you bring the person a little uh, gift or do something nice for them or something. And so thinking about friendliness kind of produces a different action that, um, that's more friendly perhaps. Or maybe there's a, just a, a willingness to kind of let go of a certain kind of hardness that's there, but to replace it with a kind of softness towards the person that might be there. Or to yourself, and be hard towards yourself, be soft towards yourself. So they say of arousing uh, skillful qualities is an important part of Buddhist practice. 
and uh, it can also lend, it can lend itself, of course, to kind of saccharine Buddhism. You know, you know, become you know becoming too sweet, you know, kind of, and uh, and kind of pretending or or overriding or denying or avoiding you know, the fact that we're mean and bitter and grumpy and you know, if I'm a Buddhist, I'm supposed to always be smiley and kind and patient and and so I'm not you know so the grumpy you know just you know gets buried or denied or hidden or be, we don't just we just don't come to IMC and we feel grumpy because we don't belong here then we don't want to show people we're that way and so there's all kinds or, or at least I'll, I'll put on the pretty face you know so that's dangerous that whole thing saccharine I call it saccharine Buddhism so we don't want any saccharine here no, hallmark Buddhism <laughs> But um, but it's you know that it, but still even so it's there's a place for and time and place for not leading, l- letting these jewels that we have inside of us just bubble up you know randomly or by chance or whatever but actually call them forth at, at useful times and so that's the first of the one of the four right efforts is the effort to evoke uh, skillful qualities wholesome qualities helpful qualities. Um, and to have the skill and ability to do that is part of the skill of practice. Then the next uh, one that I want to explore with you a little bit is the idea of sustaining or maintaining or developing. So one thing to evoke it, it's another thing to strengthen it, develop it, uh, maintain it, keep it going. And um, so I thought we'd also do that in the meditation, but now we've been sitting for a while. So why don't um, you figure out what you need to do for 10 minutes? whether it's to go outside and get some fresh air and walk up and down the street or go to the bathroom or stretch or do yoga or sit quietly and meditate and kind of re- recover. <laughs> Whatever you need to do for 10 minutes. <clears throat> As we're waiting for um, everyone to come back, I'm curious to hear from you what you think some of the attitudes, beliefs that people might have that would limit their ability or their, their willingness to cultivate helpful, skillful, wholesome states of mind. What are some things that would get in the way of doing that? Yes? Um, I know sometimes for me, like if I'm facing some difficulty or if I, yeah, you know, some stress, sometimes I feel like instead of facing it, like I just have, you know, I kind of just want to distract myself from it. So that would, uh, yeah, that's not a good way of uh, solving things, really. So a strong tendency to being distracted, wanting to be distracted, can avoid, can prevent someone from cultivating, doing something wholesome and skillful. Good, thank you. Straight back, Nancy. So I just finished uh, reading this uh, memoir by a French author, and it's called uh, My Life as a Russian Novel. <laughs> and um, and in the in his memoir, he says that. Uh, 
he really struggles with this sort of dark, melancholy um, energy. And, um, and, and he, what he comes to is that he doesn't give it up because he enjoys it so much. And um, so I think that sometimes we enjoy um, we enjoy our stuckness, we enjoy our suffering, we wallow in it, and, um, and it's too scary to give it up because at least that's familiar. Great, thank you. Uh, well, this is a little embarrassing, but along those same lines, I think that being um, uh, that I have the opinion that having a lot of stress in my life makes me really important. <laughs> uh, also makes me um, really tough. That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> just going to keep this right here among the three of us. Uh, sometimes I hear people say, uh, when considering uh, something they do or some way they behave, and sometimes I hear myself say this too, uh, we can say, well, it's just the way I am. And that really puts a stopper on any hope of ever making any change. <laughs> If, it, if it's just the way I am. And, and that's a tough one to get by, and I say it sometimes, and I sure hear it a lot. Too. Thank you. I've noticed myself holding on to stuckness and asking myself why. And for me, one of the things is I came up with a little phrase that I think describes it, which is, I'd rather be right than happy. <laughs> So there's something about <laughs> being right that I really want to hold on to. And so knowing that, sometimes I can let go. Uh -huh. And I hope that many times you'll have both together. <laughs> the one I'm aware of is um, not wanting to be harmed. Mm. And so I feel like I have to be on guard. So if I'm friendly with somebody who I think might take advantage of me or harm me. So the one thing that earlier was talked about was attachment to unskillful states, the pleasure of an attachment, but there also can be resistance or fear of the wholesome states because they might open us up. Someone said about being, the wholesome states make you more relaxed. So, but if you're relaxed, then you're open and you lower your guard. So that can stand in the way. Good, thank you. Anxiety uh, and uh, self-doubt come come to mind. Uh, you know, in other words, uh, hmm, there isn't a feeling that if, that these qualities can just can be called forth in certain moments, or or there's an anxiety that I that I can't do it, that I can't call them forth. That mm -hmm. uh, uh, with relaxation. Uh, that just totally changes. Uh, I'm just continually amazed at it. Great, thank you. And Rick in the front. 
I think I've learned from my own and, and working with other people, it deals with a perception. And sometimes our perception's over here when it needs to be over here. And so that's an attitude, and that attitude has been built in from our survival instincts of fight, flight, and freeze. And when we've never really worked with them and cultivated the attitude to really understand them and to remove them through our whole body and system, we stay in a habituated pattern and habit that we've gained and looked at the world, which to me then also looks at the fetters, especially the beginning fetters of releasing of how we're looking at ourselves and this perception. And it really ultimately, a lot of it is holding the core of how our vision of survival instincts is what actually keeps us away from weaving these beautiful qualities mm-hmm. of, of effort and what they actually allow us and to feel in our world and safe. Yeah, it's, and it's so sad that we think that our survival is, is uh, threatened by beautiful qualities of mind. It's probably the other way around. The, the beautiful qualities is what actually sustains life in a beautiful, you know, and ultimately. So one, one more. Sometimes uh, needing to be reminded, we fall into the habitual ways of being that we don't even recognize we're in, and it helps to be reminded that mm-hmm. these states are accessible. Mm-hmm. Great, thank you. So then another attitude that can get in the way is if some uh, if a variety of attitudes or beliefs that um, it's artificial to intentionally arouse or develop certain states of mind. That, um, for example, loving-kindness, <clears throat> you either love or you... But you can't arouse it, you can't make it happen. It's artificial if you do that. Um, or sometimes in certain religious circles, the idea that, sh- that um, if you have to uh, develop something, you've missed the direct insight, penetrating insight into the truth, which is non-dualistic and immediate. And it's so dualistic to start off as someone who has little loving-kindness and try to become someone who's going to have a lot of loving-kindness. And after all, who's the self who's developing it? And so that just takes all the, all the air out of the sails. <laughs> you know, I, was, I was just trying to become kinder, and now, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know I, you know, I'm not allowed to do that. So there's a lot, lot of things can get in the way. And sometimes it's more useful to study the inhibitions and what gets in the way than it is to actually go directly and to kind of cultivate wholesome states. And one of the reasons sometimes um, we cultivate the wrong wholesome states. <laughs> Who knows what's supposed to happen? Sometimes there is a kind of natural arousing of uh, awakening of, th- of certain things if you get out of the way. And so the mindfulness practice is a great practice of getting it out, of, out of your own way. And there are all these jewels inside of us that are ready to shine forth uh, and they'll shine forth in different ways depending on different circumstances. But even so, there's also the cultivating, developing, sustaining of these qualities that's part of this. So I thought we'd spend a few minutes uh, doing that. Um, two qualities. And, um, and we'll see what that's like for you to, um, to uh, actively engage in trying to develop, strengthen, ar- um, cultivate, arouse, bring forth here um, two qualities. See, so take a meditation posture.
And um, <clears throat> so with your eyes closed, take a couple of minutes to just notice how you are. And this is going to be kind of a reference point for seeing how at the end of this meditation, how you might have changed and how these qualities we're going to develop, if they've developed and changed you in some way from this baseline of how you are now. So the first quality, since effort is the theme of the day, is effort or energy, vitality. See if you can bring forth a greater sense of vitality, being energized here and now. And you can begin by searching through your body to see where, where in your body do you feel most energized, where the most vitality resides. It might be in the chest, in the belly, in the shoulders. It might be in the head or the face. It could be in the hands or the legs or the feet. Where is the most energy for you? And then with this feeling and sensing whatever place is the most energy, doesn't have to be much energy, but just whatever is the most for you. Imagine that you're kind of breathing with that area or through that area as you breathe, including it as part of your experience of breathing. And a little bit as if the, the breath is like your breathing is like bellows blowing air on the flames of a fire. See if you can have sense of the air, the breathing is kind of fanning that energy.
And as you do so, notice if there's any change in your posture you can make that makes more space for that energy or makes you, gives expression to that energy in a fuller way. So then, then as you breathe, sometimes the exhale is calming. It's often used to calm down or relax, to breathe out and relax. But the inhale is often energizing. And when we want to energize ourselves, it's more useful to focus on the in-breath than it is the out-breath. You might notice sitting here the energizing, uplifting aspects of breathing in. It might be quite subtle. That's okay. Notice the subtlety of it. As you breathe in, whatever a sense of alertness or energy or any sense of uplifting quality that comes with breathing in, see if you can keep that uplifting quality, that energy, as you exhale. And then the next inhale, and the flames of that being that vitality and energy of And then paying very subtle, careful, very subtle attention, kind of with refined attention, very still, very quiet attention. See if you can tune into your whole body, the full range of what goes on in your body, to feel how the energy moves through your body, the sense of overall physical vitality. Kind of vitality that <clears throat> doesn't have maybe sharp boundaries or location. Maybe you experience it 
very vaguely as a sense of aliveness, vitality, maybe as energy or vibration. Tingling or little heightened sensitivity to sensations. And as you breathe in, see if there can be a kind of a letting go or opening up as you breathe in that opens up or makes space for your vitality, your energy to flow more freely throughout the body. both breathe in and breathe out. See if that the movement of the expansion and contraction of the torso and the diaphragm, shoulders, <clears throat> can help you further to kind of open up. And as you open up and ex become more expansive and full, relaxed, you also allow yourself to become more certainly open, but also more relaxed and peaceful. So there's a peaceful energy, a relaxed vitality. And then we'll switch to qualities now. <clears throat> and the second quality to develop is that of loving kindness, of kindness or friendliness, goodwill. Some people associate loving kindness with a certain kind of gentle tenderness and caring. Some people prefer the word friendliness. So beginning by feeling the, whatever openness or tenderness you might be able to tune into in the area of your heart. Or tune into some way in which you care about yourself. And in that caring or tenderness, 
See if you can find a place, a way, an attitude. Find the wisdom where you can really wish yourself the best, but you want the best for yourself. You want yourself to be happy and healthy and safe. Where it occurs to you how wonderful it would be if you could be at peace or happy. And then to take that wish, which is considered a very beautiful, profound wish, just a wish, where we wish ourselves happiness and well-being, and give voice to it silently by repeating quietly in your own mind these words. And as you repeat the words, kind of sink into the meaning, and especially the last word. See if the meaning of the, the, the last word, as you hear it, as you say it, can resonate through you, opening through you, maybe giving birth within you of those qualities. So you can repeat silently, may I be happy. May I be safe. May I be healthy. May I be at ease. Like a pebble that drops into a pond and creates beautiful ripples that ripple out. So you drop each phrase into your body, your heart, and let the pebble of the last word ripple out its meaning, its associations. Giving voice to the inner goodwill, generosity of spirit that wants yourself to be happy. May I be happy. May I be safe. May I be healthy.
And then bring to mind a person that you know for whom it is easy for you to feel friendly or love or a lot of goodwill. It's easy for you to wish them happiness and well-being. And hopefully, ideally, it would be someone for whom it would almost make you happy that you know them and that you wish them happiness. And thinking about this person and thinking about maybe the happiness you had, have for knowing them and, and how nice it maybe, maybe feels to wish them well, want the, want the best for them. Repeat these words, letting the ripple of the words spread out beyond you towards the person. May you be happy. May you be safe. Be healthy. May you be at ease. And then finally, bring to mind that there are other people here in this room who are engaged in the practice, who are here to learn and develop themselves in their practice, who are interested in the perfections of that are so closely tied to compassion. And considering the people here in this room, see if you can offer them, generate for them, the whole group here, warm, goodwill, wishes of well-being. So you can repeat after me this. May everyone here, may all of us, be happy. May all of us be safe. May all of us be healthy.
May all of us be at ease.